This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is June 8th, 2023. Best ball season is fully engulfed in flames now we are firing drafts almost every single day multiple times a day and i thought over here at spike week what better way to do a draft than to bring on kyle dvorak from nbc sports edge so let's do it What's going on, Kyle? Thank you so much for jumping on and doing this draft with us. How is your, uh, well, I guess no off time anymore. How is your best ball summer going before you get into actual football? And we just do this cycle for 365 days a year now and never have a day off. I'm finally getting into best ball summer. It's like, like NFL season, obviously there's no best ball, but it's a busy time for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the off season, I had a lot of stuff running up to the draft. uh, And then after the draft, I went on vacation. I was like, not going to draft. I was in Ohio for a minute. And apparently someone's like, hey, oh, no. best ball draft is like, sure. And then it's immediate DraftKings is like, no, you can't play here. Uh, so I have hardly drafted any teams this offseason, which means I really have to jam a lot of teams into the next two, three months. I've been looking at my stuff. And even though I'm drafting pretty much every day, I'm still behind where I'd want to be. To, in order to max some of the contests I want to max. And I have a Vegas trip coming up. So I'm going to have to actually do a ton of slow drafts. And I'm not looking forward to that. Um, it's just not my preferred cup of tea on drafting. I hate slow drafts. Does yeah. no one who is drafting slow drafts? No one. I've never talked to a human that's like slow drafts are good. Like I've talked to people who have done them specifically like vacation. A lot of people just fire off 30, make their picks. Uh, does Vegas like not allow uh, best ball? You have to queue right. all up ahead of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I've I could have done that. I would have only done a few of them, though. No, like, no one, like, more than eight brain cells is like, these slow drafts are really good. Though I will say it probably actually works in the other direction. It's probably all of us who, like, our brains are just rotting from being online and from drafting all of these that, like, I make fun of the slow drafters, but those are probably the well-adjusted people. It's just me saying, like, who are all these well-adjusted people? <laughs> it probably makes their lives a lot easier time commitment although i've heard people say that the time commitment's greater on the slow drafts because of how much you're you're firing at one time so we'll see i plan on doing like maybe 10 dk ones and when i go to um vegas and maybe 10 underdogs just to to get some volume in there while i'm playing the main event but that's kind of the game plan for that anything you've noticed with best ball this year 
that you're taking away at, that's changed from years past? Um, I feel like I still think the the underdog drafts are so much sharper than like the DraftKings drafts. Because like last year, uh, I did like most of probably like eighty percent of my drafts on DraftKings, mm-hmm. and I like. I love best ball, but like part of the fun of best ball for me is getting it in good. Like if I thought it was a massive dog, just like be plus EV, I just wouldn't play it. Like it's like I'll hang out with my friends and go to like, well, they'll go to casino. And if the casino doesn't give me like the free $25 to gamble away, I'll just watch my friends. It's like getting it in good is part of the fun of it. Like we're trying to (laughs) beat this game. So like underdog ADP may have even like overcorrected for wide receivers, but it's in the sort of right ballpark where you look at DraftKings, which is more receiver centric via the full point PPR scoring. And we're still getting like these DraftKings drafts are just terrible. The underdog like sharpness is, is hitting like the hockey stick part of the curve where it just keeps going up. DraftKings is somewhere on that long flat line where it's better than last year by how much not enough. Yeah, it's getting better. And it depends on the drafts that you do for sure. I've had, some questionable things I've seen in some drafts, not, not like it looks like they're full punting, but just like, why are they making that particular pick to correlate with this lineup? It just doesn't make a ton of sense. Underdog's usually better, but I think underdog gets it wrong too. I think for the half point PPR, I still think people aren't adjusting to scoring systems enough sometimes on on these tournaments, like based on the site you're on. One of the things we were talking about this week is with DraftKings and the bonus points, does it actually make, that elite tier of quarterbacks more valuable on DraftKings than it does on underdog because the likelihood that Mahomes throws for a 300 yard game is like double the field. He threw 10. The closest guy last year to him was five. The rushing upside of someone like Jalen Hurts getting the 100 yards. So not just on a year long basis, but even in those playoff weeks, is it more viable and still diving into that a little bit more? So these are the things that I'm trying to think through when I'm doing DraftKings versus underdog. And is there an edge? Does it matter? You know, that type of stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm trying to think hundred yard rushing games for quarterbacks. Probably like, I don't even, how many times I heard that last year? Twice, maybe three, Pro- three times. Probably. Like it wasn't that many times, but the hundred yard passing game for someone like Mahomes is like, I don't say he's automatic at it, but like, like you said, he's like over 50% clip for doing that. And like, there are very few quarterbacks who you could like, even rationalize that to be the case for like I think maybe the way the Chargers played last year like a super high pass rate over expected and just high like high volume if they had actually thrown it deep that's like they could just be like a 5,000 yard passing team easy but like I'm having to dream up scenarios like oh if the Chargers had like played similar mm-hmm. but they could get there like oh if Josh Allen didn't run so much people are concerned about Josh Allen running well if those are end up being pass attempts they're another team that like their pass rate over expected is just nuclear like oh, maybe that's a way. But then Mahomes, it's like all the pieces are already lined up right there. And it's on a site that's going to reward that more uh, at all. It doesn't get rewarded at all on underdog. So it's a good point. I hadn't actually thought about that too much. And it actually, the three points is almost like another passing touchdown close to it, right? Yep. So that on, on that aspect with the quarterbacks and the other position that that matters for might be tight end. Because I wasn't huge on Kelsey this year, but if he's going to get a ton of 100-yard games, right? He's already getting leverage over the field on other tight ends. And then you're adding in bonus points. So his separation from every other tight end on the weeks that he does that could just be massive and could just bury you um, versus, you know, and I'm, I'm a late tight end guy mostly this year. So these are the things I'm trying to think through as we go forward. 
Yeah, and the full the full PPR plus the hundred yard bonus, which is like the hundred yard bonus is unavailable to like Chigo Conquell. I, I like him; he's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, he's he's like his over under is a half of a hundred yard game this year, right? Where Kelsey's is like seven or something like you know seven and a half, whatever, something like that. And yeah. I guess yeah, I definitely think it would like spread out the tight ends, maybe tight ends even more so because like almost every receiver has access to a hundred yard game. Tyler Boyd is so boring and uninteresting. <laughs> totally has access to a hundred yard game, right? Yeah. He can get there, yeah. but like you know, Chico Conquo, uh, all these like Taysom Hill is great at scoring touchdowns, but like I, he's never there's no category in which he gets a hundred yards. So like these later tight ends get pushed even farther down. There's probably like a pretty big tier break too. It happens almost like at Darren Waller or something like that, where like there are scenarios in which we've like Darren Waller can go out and just punch in, punch out hundred yard games pretty consistently. He's a, he's a wide receiver. And as yeah. soon as you get out of the high target share guys, like all of them are going to be dogs to Kelsey to do it like eight times in a year. But also in the, in week 17, like George Kittle has like two of the three or four best fantasy games and best yardage games ever by a tight end. Like he's that type of hyper efficient. And in any game can have like a 40% target share. As soon as you eclipse like that tier of guys, there's like, like, Kittle can outscore Kelsey in a given week pretty easily, even with the 100-yard bonus applying to him. Like, yeah, I come back to Chiggs. I think he's, like, a high efficiency. He's never just getting a lot of targets in a game. Like, that guy just is such a dog to outscore all of the good tight ends by a wide margin, whereas, like, didn't we see it last year, right? Kittle ripped off, like, a 30-point game or yeah. something. That guy's even more Crushed valuable. in the playoffs. In, yeah. yeah. That guy's even more valuable in, like, the DraftKings scoring, where you can put more gap between yourself and the rest of the uh, of the tight ends. And to your point on Tyler Boyd, 100-yard games for wide receivers are a dime a dozen, and it's easier to make up that three points anyways because it's full-point PPR. So if it's if it's a volume guy, they're going to make up those three points just on catches alone, not even yardage in some cases. So I, I think that the QB tight end separation, I, I don't know what I specifically want to look into for that, but I think it's something to keep in mind as we draft these DraftKings teams. Speaking of which, it feels like it's time that we should probably – implement this and uh, jump into a DraftKings draft. We're going to jump into the $10 Millie and we need 10 people. So if you're watching, just go ahead and mm-hmm. jump in here. Of course. Um, how do I get the week 15, 16, 17 matchups and stack overlays on underdog and DraftKings? So, uh, so do you have to have the spike week tools? And if it's not showing up, if you're trying to do this right now, you just have to go to contest and make sure that you're logged in properly to the spike week tools in order for it to pop up, but send a message to the spike week thing and we can help you out if it's not working. So we get the six pick overall here, Kyle. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I still think we get um, some decent value here early. We might be able to get a Cooper cup, a Tyree kill, you know, digs, AJ Brown, are you going wide receiver generally? I mean, I know it, it really matters. Board context matters. But just with the wide receivers being pushed up so much, have you found yourself when you are drafting going to the wide receiver route in round one yeah. more so than anything? Yeah, in round one especially because, like, the wide receivers, especially the first six or the first six picks, there are four wide receivers in them. I have them in in my rankings, like, a tier of their own where, like, Tyreek Hill could drop 2,000 yards, and it wouldn't shock me. Cooper Cup was at 1,800-something two years ago. Uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are two of the most productive, historically, to start a career ever to exist in the league. And after that, like, 
Oh, like what well, the Bills were like, I don't know, 12th or 13th in, in like total pass attempts last year. Svon Diggs is great, but I don't think he has like literally 2,000. Tyreek can literally get to 2,000 yards. He was on pace like 1,800 or something with Tua last year in games that Tua played. Like those guys can be the best fantasy wide receiver we've ever seen. I don't think Diggs has that. I don't think Adams has that. So once we get out of those top four, I'm much more open to taking uh, non-wide receivers. But if any of them are still on the board, which I figure will probably be, maybe be true. I don't know, probably, maybe be true for us. That's where I'd be going. So are you looking with that, in the context of that conversation, and this is something that I've been looking at, is McCaffrey just kind of off the board for you in these early rounds, in this early round? Like, are you just kind of fading him? Not, no, not on purpose. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I probably, like, I haven't done enough drafts to say, like, I am for sure going to fade him. But, like, I guess I probably am. I'll, I'll probably end up just, like, taking some McCaffrey when Cooper Cup is still on the board just because I think it's, like, I don't have a strong stance against him. I have slightly stronger stances for the rest of the receivers. But, like, if I don't have any reason to be fading McCaffrey just because I have him ranked one spot ahead, you know, I have him ranked five overall and that's two spots behind his ADP or whatever it is like the difference between five overall and three overall for my rankings would be almost nothing I think he's maybe a slightly worse pick like we do see like I know he's historically great but like running backs do tend to pretty consistently drop off as they get to his age so sure I have like a minor fade within my rankings but if I drafted binary off my rankings only ever picked the top guy available, like in the first round, I would never get him. So I'll probably just do it out of sort of necessity to not like go zero McCaffrey. Gotcha. We are on the clock right now. We do see Eckler go like with the four pick, I think. So it leaves Kelsey Hill on the board for us. Is there one that you prefer over the other in the spot? Uh, not really. You take your pick. I don't, I don't care. They're both fine. Um, just because we were talking about it, let's draft Travis Kelsey and see what kind sure. of team we can build around that. I I think that'll be fun. I was I was I was fading Travis Kelsey a bit just because of the age gap and everything. And I've kind of come around again on it. And I'm just specifically on DK with the for that conversation that we just had. It's just it feels like it's such if he does anything close to what he did last year, it is such a leg up on the field. Yeah. to have him and it, it, it's hard to it's hard not to take him when he is falling to you as well i mean i'm adp value two spots isn't a big deal to me but um getting him right here feels feels pretty good as we look at this draft go through everything seems pretty normal from here we do see eckler go 104 which is an interesting pick um i don't hate it as much on dk I'm not even a huge Austin Eckler guy and I'm not a running back in the first round guy for all the reasons we laid out, but the chargers still haven't addressed really the backup to Eckler over there. And we keep hearing about how he's not going to do what he's been doing. We heard it last year. Didn't yeah, turn out. See, to we definitely true. heard that last year and he did yeah. exactly what he's been doing. And then some, yeah. So it's like until the chargers really show us otherwise, I mean, I know yep. he's still probably holding out right now, but he's going to play anyways. He said, so I don't know, man, like Eckler on DK does feel like kind of a smash, but with the wide receiver push up, it's the same problem as McCaffrey, where it feels like you're just losing some value positionally. Yeah, McCaffrey can 
McCaffrey can really break football. Like uh, Eckler can be the highest scoring running back of the year. I'm not sure we'll ever see him score the most PPR points for a skill position player ever, which I do believe McCaffrey did that like two or three years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not betting on him to do it again, which is why I'm like still taking the receivers over him. But like, you can make that argument that McCaffrey could have easy, easily projected to be the RB one and uh, take my homes here. This is us, right? Yeah, we can take my homes. Um, maybe we can take my homes if the DK site will work. Yes. So we could take my homes. We could go elsewhere. If there was a detour you wanted to take wide receivers are going, it would probably be I'm like fine with this. T Higgins or something. All right. Nothing like seeing the DraftKings thing saying, oops, something went wrong. It happened <laughs> on the first draft they did on DraftKings. It's like, I, uh, and they're trying, they're trying to make it better, but they, God, they've, made it, my gears. they've made it so much better. I know they didn't try it all last year. They slapped no. best ball into the DraftKings app. Uh, there, it's a, it's a lot better this year. It was terrible last year and it's, it's significantly better this year. I actually think their draft board is better than every other site's draft board. To be perfectly honest, I think it's, just uh it pops a bit better uh when you're streaming so i like that aspect the when you're on the clock thing is still when you're drafting on mobile is not great but i've had trouble oh, with underdog man. lately too on that so it, literally the first draft i did uh on DraftKings, i'm like huh it's been a while since it's notified me of my pick <laughs> i go into the app I'm like oh it's 10 picks away that's fine yeah. and then immediately it skips all 10 picks and like update like it refreshes like you missed oh. two picks Thanks, bud. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, it is like so much better. And not only is the stuff, uh, you know, is the actual like user experience better. Uh, I got some big boy tournaments this year, which is nice to see. Like, uh, especially what was like last year was the $5, uh, like a third of the country entered it. You had zero yep. chance of winning type of thing where it's a yeah. little better now. It's still massive, but oh, man, like I, well, I think over a million entries into the one last year, if I remember correctly, or something like that. 800,000, 900,000, something. Yeah. Six there's, a, there's a million entries into this one um, oh, as well. But still to not. your point, I still don't know who won that tournament. That Kudos to that guy for staying in hiding after winning that tournament and not, yeah. and not doing every stream possible. Shout out oh, to and their that. payout structures are actually pretty solid this year. I think they're not. I think that's why this one's so large because the payout's actually not bad. The payout's great. The single entry and three entry max stuff, that $9 three entry max, the payout structure is perfect. There isn't a better payout structure in my opinion in best ball. That one is real, real nice. Um, I don't remember it offhand. All right, we are on the clock here. We're seeing some of the running backs that are still here. We see DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, D-Hop. Are you leaning? I'd go Ramondre here. I think Ramondre, I don't know what his ADP on underdog is because I've been doing more DK drafts, but like, yeah, I don't know. Ramondre has like literally every calling card of like a super elite running back, which is just like size, efficiency, catches passes, young. That's that's guys like a lock for me. Yeah, that is where I'm going as well, generally. So I just want to run through my percentages on my overlay, like what they all mean. The first one is what I have in this particular tourney. The second one is slate. Um, and then the next two are projected ownerships with my first round and second round pick. So, ah. yeah. So that kind of helps, you know, like if you're looking at this guy, especially for stacks, right? Like 
if you look at that Jamar Chase one next to Joe Burrow, you might see that number shoot up to like 40% because people are stacking them a bunch. Something you're going to see a lot on DK, though, if you're not, if you haven't started firing a lot of DK drafts, is the person taking Joe Burrow has been taking them usually in the fourth round, unstacked with T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, and not letting them fall to whoever has them. So I've been seeing that quite a bit in most of my DK drafts, which is interesting. Especially Do you think with- they even know what they're – I don't think they know what they're doing. Like, they're not like, I got to block this guy from getting his stack or whatever. They're like, oh, Joe Burrow's good. Let me click that clickety button. The, that, that's that's what I think is going on. It's just like Joe Burrow's ADP is higher on DraftKings. They see the name, and they're like, I want Joe Burrow. And they, and they smash him. It'll be interesting because the guy in the two-hole – actually has chase higgins so we'll see if burrow falls to him we need a hero to step up it's not going to be us i have no we have no reason to take joe burrow and i wouldn't do it uh but boy would it be funny it would be it would be quite amazing um we do see that player go with the three wide receiver build we see the justin jefferson drafter actually reach and go lamar jackson mark andrews to get that stack to go with justin jefferson which is kind of what you have to do to get those two specifically on DK. And it's starting to come up on underdog too. Do you think that's too much there or something you'd be fine with? I don't think it's too much. Like, you know, like looking at players, like, like I, like whatever you're doing to get TJ Hawkinson, like I have no interest in getting this guy. Like there is, I just do not see a universe in which like TJ Hawkinson leads all, all players, like TJ Hawkinson leads all tight ends in scoring. Maybe he's the guy you need in week 17 coincidentally, but like, Mark mm-hmm. Andrews, I mean, Mark Andrews, I think, has like the third or fourth best season by a tight end ever. And Lamar Jackson, I think in his breakout year, set the record for fantasy points by a quarterback. Like, these are players that, like, you're drafting as if you're right, but when you win, you really win. Like, you could be, you could have the number one quarterback and the number one tight end. You're still probably a dog to get Andrews over Kelsey, but, like, he could get there. It's possible. I can conceive of it. So I'm fine with reaching on these players specifically because they're obviously super highly correlated. And I think like you could look back and be like, oh, this wasn't a reach at all. Where like when you draft TJ Hawkinson and you really knocked that one out of the park, congrats, you've locked in the tight end too. Like I I can't see this guy outscoring Travis Kelsey. Right. What do we got for receivers here? Because we are. We're looking at Christian Kirk. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is a, a whole flat tier. Right, where like any of these guys are fine. I mean, I particularly like McLaurin. I like Christian Watson, but they're all the same guy to me. Do you have a stand on any of these? I do. I have a stand against Christian Kirk, so I'm fine with Watson. I'd go. I'd go Watson. Sure. Uh, McLaurin be fine. Let's grab I Watson love DJ and... Moore. I'm a little. The nerds are the nerds, which I normally find myself amongst, are uh, getting to me in this whole. The Bears passed 22 times last year stuff. Get those facts out of my face. I, like, DJ Moore's good and let me draft him. But, like, they are right. And the same thing with, like, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Like, these these two guys are, like, super elite. Drake London had the highest target share of a rookie wide receiver in the past, like, 20 years or something, 15 years. Like, that's, like, the hallmark. And the guys below him on the list are, like, Chase, Jefferson, Odell, Julio. Like, it's the guys you expect when you dominate as a rookie. Even if you're just dominating shares of a pie, not as, like, raw stats, like, those are the guys who continue to dominate, but boy, those Falcons are going to suck. And like, yeah, not only that, but if they're successful as a team, 
probably doesn't even happen through the passing game. It, it's through their division being bad. Their defense got better. They spent a ton of money on their defense. Like they're probably still just like going nine wins and not through passing, running the football. But on the other hand, like Kyle Pitts is great. He had the second most receiving yards ever for a rookie tight end. Like I don't last year be damned. Don't care. So these are the two uh, inside of us. There are two wolves. One of them is like draft the good players that go burr. And the other one's like, I don't know, man, the projections do not like these fellas. I mean, but Atlanta is the perfect like one-off team for me for that case. Like I'm, I'm grabbing Drake London. I'm grabbing, grabbing Kyle Pitts on teams, but I'm, I'm never looking to stack the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine grabbing one of those guys here and there. I'm not grabbing Drake London in the third round where he went in this particular draft ahead of DK Metcalf and, you know, Calvin Ridley and Keenan Allen. But I am grabbing him like late fourth, early fifth. He's much better on underdog, I think. Uh, Do we want to keep looking at these wide receivers? We're seeing Hollywood Brown, Kadarius Toney, Michael Pittman, Tyler Lockett on the board right now. Hawkinson, your favorite player of all time, just got drafted, so we can't take him, unfortunately. Um, You're muted, by the way. I'd go Marquise here. This like they're going to be quite quite bad. Uh, the I mean, what well, the, the win total is like four and a half. But like, he's probably significantly better than the rest of his teammates at earning targets and earning air yards. Especially like if we're getting spike weeks from his air yards because he had like a forty percent air yard share in the games without Hopkins last year. Like, I'm probably willing to eat some of these. Uh, Clayton Toon starts and throws 150 yards and two picks. If like, especially late in the season, he could be a guy with like a lower advance rate. And if Kyler Murray comes back, even for the last six games, which would be a long wait, like we'll probably get some really big blow up weeks. Like he was a dominant wide receiver one in the games with Kyler and no nuke. Not a huge sample of those games, admittedly, but like, I don't know. I'll take, I'll take that guy probably. Yeah, especially on this team that we're building where we didn't hit a wide receiver till the fourth round, which isn't my typical build, but the way we're doing it, I'm more than fine with going hero RB with Stevenson, smashing some wide receivers back to back to back. The upside of Watson and Hollywood Brown is huge. Just want to update that Joe Burrow situation. The team in the two-hole ended up getting him in the fifth round, which is not typical, um, and their team is pretty stacked. They start Chase Higgins, Devonta Smith, get Kenneth Walker, and then on that wrap, get Joe Burrow. A little, little envious of Team 2 right now. Yeah, and Team 2, I assume, I'm going to give them credit for this. I assume they saw that Team 1, who was the only team picking on the wrap between them and their next pick, between 4th and 5th round, had taken Lamar Jackson in the second round. So there was zero chance that Team 1, the only team right. picking ahead of them, took Joe Burrow. So they got to sneak in a Kenneth Walker on the off chance that Team 1, who didn't have a running back, would have wanted a Kenneth Walker. Like, small level of gamesmanship, but if it gets you that player that you wanted, like, I respect that. Yeah, Team 2 is is spicy right now. It's a good team. Setting it up real nice. We are back on the clock. I mean, Tony's sitting right there, and I, like, Tony's another one where, like, oh, this dude goes Burr uh, for the eight snaps he plays. I'm probably, I'm going to have so little Tony on teams that aren't Mahomes' teams. We are drafting one of those teams. So the the I will take Tony if that's what we want to do. Madison would be my other selection here. We get the week 17 correlation. He's going to be getting shot up draft boards in the next two days. But um, that was something else that I would have been looking at as well for this particular team. Not that I like to go. I think we need wide receiver help. I think Kadarius Tony, I'm big on Tony this year myself. 
Just Sell me on Tony. Of- Why doesn't this guy play more snaps? Like, I get he's never healthy and he's been switching teams and his coaches coincidentally all hate him. Uh, like, I, I, someone said this on Twitter. Maybe it was, uh, I, I don't want to misattribute it, so I won't say. I'll find it later and retweet it. Like, uh, volume is an efficiency stat, which I think is a funny way of, of looking at it, but it's probably like in the vein of correct is like, guys who earn a lot of targets are doing something really good. And that replaces the like MVS when he played half of the snaps looked really good. Then the chiefs made him play every snap and he looks bad. Like not awfully surprising. Tony could be that guy. I want to like Tony cause he's awesome when he touches the ball, but I really wish he played more snaps. Well, that's, we all wish he played more snaps. You hit all the points. And <laughs> my point, my point for Tony is, He's incredibly mispriced one way or the other, right? He is not, he's not a sixth, seventh round pick. He's either like a third round pick or a 13th round pick is who Kadarius Tony is. So uh, it's, it's volatility, but you, like need volatility. Like you need volatility to win these things, right? Like sometimes in a poker tournament, you need to win a coin flip and Kadarius Tony is a goddamn coin flip, right? Like, so I, you're either going to land on on heads or you're going to land on tails and he's going to blow your team up or he is going to propel you to victory. He's our third wide receiver. He could be our best wide receiver on this team throughout the year. Yeah, I like he's that. Going. Like is is Mike Evans is he like oh incredibly un, like mispriced. Either way, either way. Is Mike Evans that guy like no, obviously not. That offense is going to be terrible. He's going to get a lot of air yards. He's probably going to finish as like a top 20. Like you know, he could easily finish as like the wide receiver 14. Does he go any higher than that? I really like don't see that. Alan Lazard, like this guy is just yeah. like the most just a guy I've ever seen. He's going <laughs> to yeah. play a lot of snaps for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he gets to like a top 24 status. If, and this is a small if, if Tony goes out and plays like 80% of the snaps week in, week out, and his efficiency doesn't even have to translate. It's not going to translate. It can't, but it just doesn't completely nosedive. Like he could take a big hit in efficiency because he's just that much better than the rest of everyone on his limited snaps. Even if he takes that big hit and he's playing 75% of the snaps, 80% of the snaps, like yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be taking him as like a third round pick next year. So I, I like that. You've sold me at least on the, uh, on the, the game theory behind it. The player take at this point doesn't matter too awfully much because we just like the guys who uh, can win us. We like the guys who can win us the thing. Right, exactly. It's it, to me, it's just a misprice. So the other guy that's like that for me that I'm not taking right now is Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray is incredibly mispriced one way or the other. He's either just not going to play this season or he is not a 12th, 13th round pick. I mean, it's so those are the guys you need to. I don't think you need to make like massive stands on, but you got to like come up with some sort of idea of what you want to do with them. And for me, it's draft Tony, it's fade Kyler Murray, but I could be wrong on both accounts. We are back on the clock here. Um, things are drying up quickly. Wide receiver, we're seeing like Brandon Cooks, John Dotson, 15 seconds. Any, any I have no interest in any of these wide receivers. We don't need Kyle Pitts, but I do like him. Uh, we can be unique and do a double elite tight end. Build. Do it. Sure, sure. Go for it. I won't be like, doing he, he often, could easily. But... Yeah, he could be popping into our flex a lot. I think that's like generally not the strongest argument because we see that like there are very few tight ends who are consistently putting up like pop into your flex scores. But in the seventh round, Kyle Pitts is one of those guys. Like, mm-hmm. I like, yeah, that this is I this is a good pick. I, I think this is a good pick. I have no regrets. Well, it makes it so that we're not taking another tight end in this draft. Like we're done with tight end, even yep. though we have the 20 rounds. 
We have Mahomes, which means that we only need one more quarterback. We're behind at wide receiver, but I do like Watson, Hollywood, Kadarius, Tony. But that gives us a few more shots on goal to take later with some wide receiver dart throws. So if you're going to build it, at least we're building it smart, I would say. Um, oh, I think so. I think I think we've done the best we could, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we, we get our participation trophy for sure with like two DK crowns. So that's that's what we're looking at. Um, anybody else's team that is standing out? We do see that Burrow team go JSN, then Miles Sanders, who is not a guy I'm like super high on this year. But I'm not, I'm not taking any Miles Sanders. Yeah, it's just other enjoy, guys around. Enjoy Miles Sanders, weirdos. <laughs> yeah, I mean Carolina is going to be so bad, right? Like just in general, they're going to be bad. Like Miles Sanders, like oh, he had like one and three quarters of a good season behind a historically great offensive line with a historically great rushing quarterback, like. He was a terribly inefficient pass catcher for most of his career. Like he looks like a, a perfectly middling guy now going to a very bad situation. So I'm not have fun. I'm not taking yeah. this guy. I'm taking some Tuber Hubbard late just as a dart throw because of I like how late he's going. But yeah, uh, Miles Sanders is not on my draft board at all. We will be coming back on the clock here in a few picks. And uh, the entire part of this draft is pretty gross we do see wide receivers flying off the board bateman was somewhere that i would want to go if he was still on the board when we got back to our pick but unfortunately he goes uh, yeah, not taking odell i see i see a zero percent for the first number on odell i'm thinking <laughs> yeah. i'll be there too uh yeah Corden sutton's good zay flowers is fine oh man which one do you have a preference? Where are you on this Denver? Well, let's let's make our pick, and then I want you to tell me where you're at on this these Denver wide receivers. I'll take uh, I'll take Cortland Sutton here. Um, I don't have a strong preference between the two, though. But uh, then I like I I'm gonna get fooled again, mm-hmm. and I like the Broncos again this year. And this time it counts. The thing is, last time it was his first year. You know, I jumped the gun a little bit. I admit that, <laughs> but like. We historically great coach, historically great quarterback. Like I like, I get that like CPOE is some elements are receiver stat. Uh, some elements are uh, like not useful for fantasy, but like Russell Wilson was the CPOE God for his entire career. The most efficient quarterback by that metric was one of the best quarterbacks by EPA per play for his entire career. Like outside of the fact that like he probably was in a way sort of getting uh, his strengths boosted and his weaknesses masked in masked in Seattle. I, I'll admit that. Fine. Like right. telling me Sean Payton can't just do that. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of potential here. And if you thought the prices last year were good, which apparently I did, you'll love the prices of this year. So <laughs> yeah. I I'm in on Denver again. Uh, another team that like, I think the whole team more so fits that idea of like decent chance we get last year's Russell Wilson totally could happen mm-hmm. if we get seattle russell wilson and sean payton's offense like we're nuking we're going to the moon so that whole offense is one where like the entire range of outcomes is really good in that we don't care if we get dead last or two hundred thousand. the difference between those places is functionally meaningless to us but we do care about getting to first so i'll i'll lose money on the broncos again 
I mean, I'm going to lose money on the Broncos again, too. My only concern that I've brought up is Sean Payton might just treat this like if he thinks that this team really sucks after a couple of weeks, he just might, you know, oh, totally. you get to, to do a full rebuild. But to your point, I like the prices. I really like the price on Cortland Sutton. I am taking Judy as well here and there. But Cortland Sutton, eighth round, he we've talked about like the guys going around him. You know, I like Bateman Sutton in this range like head and shoulders above a lot of the other guys. So if, if the offense is anything, Sutton feels like an absolute smash. What are these people doing with Odell Beckham? I don't know if you guys know this, but he hasn't played football in like three years. He has no fine. He has no knees. He was like fine with the Rams, but like he wasn't great with the Rams. He just scored a bunch of touchdowns. Like I'm not saying he was bad, but like so much of what we remember about him was like, Oh, he scored those touchdowns. What do we got here? Uh, I don't have, bunch of junk oh we could go tyler boyd which i assume is well ahead of where he should be going but he's a stack for us or a run back for us which i guess that's fine yeah we can we can do the run back here with tyler boyd it's it's a little ahead of adp but at this point this is when i i mean i don't want to reach five six rounds but like dude who cares if it, if it makes more sense for your team you don't want to you don't want to reach 30 picks but reaching 7 8 9 picks like adp is an average right it's not it doesn't mean that they go in that spot every single time yeah and like you said the difference between the what are like you know 110th pick and 135th pick like that's probably the same as the difference between like the 24th and the 28th pick or something like some very small amount at the front end of the draft is really worth even more than you think as you get to like pick 130, 120, one anything, anything with a one in front of it. Yeah. My my favorite people, my favorite best ball people are like, I got this guy at the 28th pick. His ADP is 26. I got such good value on him. It's like, oh my God, bro, relax. Like it's two picks. What is what is the let's say it's in the 20s? What is the number of picks from I got this guy at this pick versus ADP that you're allowed to victory lap? Is it six? Is it eight? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I think it has to be more than a half a round, right? It's got to be All at right, least well, at least seven up. And even at that point, I'm just like, eh, whatevs. <laughs> like it's fine. Now you talk a full round in that range, like that's huge because that that's changing the absolute build mm-hmm. of your team and making it very. And then you're starting to hit more uniqueness. But a couple picks, man. It's like. Other people are making this build too. Just because it's a couple picks, it, it's not a huge deal. Like, let's yeah, I, like if you get to, if you get your second and third round pick, both four to five, even six picks ahead of ADP in a tournament of a million people, like thirty thousand people are going to have that, or whatever, fifty thousand people are going to have that exact combination. Uh, it's a smaller number than we'll have at exactly at ADP, but it's not that special. Got to make another pick here. How do we run out of good players already? Because. <laughs> Because they're actually in a decent draft room on DraftKings. For I know, we're not. You know, they saw they saw have... you coming on stream, Kyle, and they're like, I need to show that we are knowledgeable on DraftKings. You can pick whoever you want here. I don't, or we're two, we're two picks. We're two picks away, right? One, one pick away, whatever. One pick away. Oh, my God. <laughs> we could continue to stack Kansas City with, like, Rasheed Rice. If he's still there, we could switch over to running back. We could grab Robinson or A-Chain if you're into either of those guys, unless you like Gibson a little bit better than Robinson on DK. I'd I'm... consider going back to 
Kansas City, and it'd probably be our last Kansas City player. I mean, we could like throw in Richie James, Dan, or whatever, but I, I'd, I'd do this. This is fine with me. You, you think you can do Richie James at the end, but he's been going like 15th round in some of these drafts. So, um, which shocked me the other day when I went to take Richie James and he was gone. Blew my mind that he went in like the 15th or 16th round. But people are getting sharper and they just want to get their stacks correlated. And I'm got nothing against that. The A chain thing is interesting to me in this range because. We have all these like Dalvin Cook rumors that he's going to Miami. And I, I find it hard to believe that that's going to be the case. So I think that he is, I think people are holding off on drafting him a little bit earlier because of stuff like that. So I think he's kind of a value right now in this 10th round. And if Dalvin Cook signs elsewhere, which Denver is one of the rumors, I think a chain is going to move up a round or two within the next couple of weeks. So he's someone that I've been grabbing just, you know, playing that that game with Dalvin cook right now. Yeah, there he goes. I, uh, yeah, I told, I'm fine. I actually agree with that in the sense of like, you look at like what Miami did with their backfield. Like if they wanted Dalvin cook, they could have traded for him. So their desire to get him has to be relatively low. And then they spend a day two pick on a running back and they re-signed both of their running backs from last year to two year deals with like a little over, I think a million for each guaranteed or something like that. Like they're probably not like, if Dalvin Cook comes really cheap, sure. I'm sure they're willing to make an offer, but they're not in a position that they're like in dire need of it. If Javante right. is like not even close to being ready for week one, like, I mean, I, like positional value aside of like what matters to have a running back, just looking at the individual talent of the backfield, same as Javante Williams. It's like Samaj P. Ryan. Like, I don't know if I could name another player on that team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough scene there if he's not ready to go. I don't think he's going to be ready to go. I think we've been getting a lot of fluff pieces on him. You see a lot of slow motion videos of Javante Williams. They're not really showing you how he's running. And I I loved Javante last year. I, had, I was overweight on Javante. I think he's a phenomenal running yeah. back. That knee injury is just real bad, man. Like, it, it typically it's a two-year thing. So, I don't know. You might see Dalvin Cook in Denver. We are back on the clock. Where are you looking at here? Do we want to go running back? We're seeing like Antonio Gibson, um, Jonathan Williams. I'm in, I'm in for Antonio Gibson. Uh, we could go McKinnon too, but I do think like we're sort of in the vein of like how many touchdowns does this team need to score for all of our players to be useful? Uh, mm -hmm. And I like Antonio Gibson enough. He's like, imagine if Ramondre Stevenson wasn't good. He's big. Yeah. He catches passes. <laughs> Uh, and his team hates him. Whereas Ramondre, he's big, he catches <laughs> passes, he's good, and his team really likes him. Uh, so, but hey, if, you know, Brian Robinson goes down, what they, you know, they draft like Chris Rodriguez or whatever, like, what was it, like the seventh, sixth round? Sure. The team loves him, and they took him with a pick that on average makes the roster one out of five times or whatever, you know, some low number. So mm -hmm. I, I'll take guys like Antonio Gibson, there was a year where we were taking him at the two, three turns. So getting him at the, <laughs> getting him in the 11th round. The enemy coming over to Washington, that offense getting revamped. There could be a, there could be a resurgence of Antonio Gibson this year. And especially on DraftKings, the full PPR. I don't hate it. I, I don't mind taking the shot on Gibson at this particular spot. At they should all. just let Jacoby Brissett start. Like, don't show me Sam Howell. Brissett was good last year. Like, he was like 12th in the <sighs> for plays, fine in CPOE. I don't think he's like 
good, good, but he had a good coaching staff. He was efficient. He's going to have a good offensive coordinator. Let's, let's call that the coaching staff. He's going to have a good coaching staff this year. Uh, mm. Just, just give, let's not gamble on giving Terry McLaurin his ninth horrible quarterback. <laughs> let's give him his first. Okay. Quarterback. He's not going to get his first good quarterback that, you know, you'd have to stretch good a little bit, fit Jacoby Brissett in there, but let's give him his first. Okay. Quarterback. And by extension, we give Antonio Gibson his first good quarterback. Listen, my Howell bags are packed though. So I need Howell to start and be <laughs> relatively decent because i don't uh, even know if, like i i thought uh like a few weeks ago we got like two weeks ago we got like a quote on how like how's the guy we're just doing competition to keep him tough or whatever and then like last week it's like nah this is a real competition they saw how in otas and like uh quarterback <laughs> competition get it going <sighs> my heart's gonna break all right we are back on the clock here um we clearly don't need a tight end so we're gonna keep scrolling anyone jumping off the page to you I could do Kendra Miller. He's another uh, one of these like super high volatility guys. At, at some point, I guess yeah. Antonio Gibson fits the bill of a guy who's like Antonio Gibson's probably getting three catches and eight carries in a game. He'll fill in for the weeks in which Kendra is not doing anything. But like Kendra was a good prospect. The NFL or at least one team within the NFL, NFL valued him highly. And there's a very real chance he's getting like a 50 50 shot with Jamal Williams, a perfectly fine back in his own right, but not special in any way to start games like in, in week one, like, yeah, give, give me that guy. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do. I mean, we still don't know how long, um, what's his name is going to be suspended uh, Kamara over there. So obviously, like you said, Jonathan Williams is going to get a lot of the goal line work and stuff. But if, if Miller flashes like, and looks like a great, or like very good player. I wonder if like, we're going to see Kamara on the trading block, like in, in the middle of the year for, you know, some sort of team, I don't know, pick a team that's decent and there are, and their running back goes down. And, you know, I could see the saints doing something like that as they're still trying to, they're trying to middle it with the Derek Carr signing, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, probably not going to work out staff, i like also don't know what they were trying to do with kamar last year like he set like a career low in third down snaps like his his efficiency mm-hmm. numbers are just down on the whole like he might be cooked running backs just it's a physically brutal position he was inefficient last year and he was was like 28 years old or something like this yeah. is also just what the downfall of a once good running back looks like so even that like he could just like not get used nearly as much or they just start using him only as like a pass catching back which also makes sense for him don't make the poor guy run 280 times in a season if he's if his efficiency is taking a hit let him just catch passes and let Kendra miller handle all the work that uh you know is carries yeah i can see that we're gonna be coming back up on the clock here after we do this i just want to run through our team but right now we have a one three six two build do you want to go back to the RB spot? You want to get another wide out? Either running back or wide out's fine here. Um, I don't really care about any of the top two or three running backs. So what do we got at receiver? <laughs> I can't be out here drafting MVS anymore. This guy is so bad. I'm doing it. I'm doing it, baby. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, not for this draft. Is there, do you want to grab DPJ, Hyatt, either of them? Hyatt, sure. I see you have a lot of Hyatt. Let's... Get those numbers up. Did I get uh, it in, in time? I don't think I did. And we got a third oh, tight end. Roll up. Oh my God. Which oh. is the worst. 
the worst that we could have done uh, for this game. Oh my uh, god. That's right. on me. We'll we'll uh we'll put that on me. Uh I should have been more decisive. I should have picked someone. I'm gonna throw <laughs> up. I can't. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. My dog heard me yelling and now she's like coming up to me, like, it's okay, buddy. Uh, my dog is pissed at me, so he doesn't care how much I yell. He's uh He's part, he's mostly husky mixed with Pomeranian, and he started blowing his winter coat today. So, <laughs> I mean, this week, so he had to go get a bath today. So he is very angry with me. I was really vibing with this team. This team was like, oh, nice. Yeah. I think we nailed running back. Like, I like that anchor <laughs> RB build. Oh, the two tight ends, perfect. Let's hammer receiver. We got so many extra roster spots for receiver. We got so many extra roster spots because we skipped on, you know, we don't need more than two quarterbacks. Oh, my God. We're we're gonna show how you recover though. That's what part of the show is gonna be. It's gonna be how do you recover when you misclick or time out and get the absolute worst pick for your build? Because literally any other position would have been better than yeah. another tight end. Any other <laughs> like oh my we, god. Uh we do want to kind of keep an eye on quarterback if you're looking yeah, I was gonna ask about that last time and uh should have asked about that last time. Maybe I could have gotten a good pick. <laughs> Hey, it happens, man. We'll we'll recover. We will recover. What do we got available to us at quarterback? So we have Kyler, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, Purdy, your favorite quarterback, Sam Howell, Mac Jones, who is kind of a guy that I wouldn't even hate taking on this team. I'm fine with Mac. Do we have oh we have Ramondre, which you know we have if the Ramondre. offense does well, that would really help. And we could add some some someone. We could uh, add Hunter Henry if we wanted to get a fourth tight end on this no. team. <laughs> Uh, uh, I I would be fine with Mac Jones, who I, I doubt we have to take right now. Nope. So we lose Hyatt as it gets picked right before. Oh, Irv us. Smith is a stack for us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if we want to get five tight ends on this team, what do we got at receiver and running back? We're looking at DPJ. I'm just going to start DPJ for now, just in case. Yep. Um, Hodgins, Alec Pierce, Curtis Samuel, and at running back, we're looking at Devin Singletary, Jeff Wilson. These guys are are no good. Don't don't take any of these players. DPJ is perfectly fine with me. Uh, Yeah, I don't want Isaiah Hodgins. I don't want Alec Pierce is fine. I'd I'd have been fine with Alec Pierce too. Uh, He should play a lot of snaps with a quarterback who just loves chucking it up, and that's kind of what Alex Pierce does. So, yeah, I I like um, I like DPJ this year. I think he's kind of getting forgotten about a little bit. I think he's going to get a ton of run on that offense. He's not a guy that's going to hit your lineup frequently. That's why he's your seventh wide receiver. And we're just looking for like two to three spike weeks out of him. And hopefully one of them is a playoff game. So he's, he's a guy that I don't mind like throwing as my seventh, eighth wide receiver on these teams. I think we got to remember what we're looking for sometimes in these late rounds. And for us, we have a kind of pretty good wide receiver room, even though we started late. I think he mm-hmm. compliments them quite well. Jaden Reed would have been fine too. I would have been fine trying to st- snag someone like him. We'll be coming back on the clock here. I still haven't read out the team because I am the worst host in the history of host, but we'll get there. Um, let's see if we can run through it real quick. We have Mahomes, Ramondre, Antonio Gibson, Christian Watson, Hollywood Brown, Kadiris Tony, Travis Kelsey, Kel- uh, Kyle Pitts, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Board, Rasheed Rice. Kendra Miller, Cole Komet, and DPJ. So a one three seven three build currently. 
we, we are mar- still not in needing to take Mac Jones territory, right? Like we're looking, he's still his ADP. I think uh, we can push him one more round. That's what we, I thought. We might want to grab him after this pick. Yep. Any of these running backs standing out to you? If you got it, I don't want to just make you take the guys you already have, but Chase Brown, uh, stack Chase for Brown us. I like makes a ton of sense for this team. Yep. Yep. I like that. I'm more than fine with taking Chase Brown to add a second Cincinnati player, get that full 17 week 17 and not even just the week 17 game stack. We're talking two of the best offenses in the league. So mm-hmm. um, I'm never going to say no to taking Cincinnati players. Generally Irv Smith. I'll say no to, I guess. I think you don't like Irv Smith. I think he's fine. I think he's fine where he's going because like tight ends, whatever he's not super high. I think, I think the week 17 thing did push him up like a round or two or maybe a round past where he was going before. So I don't hate it. And a lot of times he's my first tight end if I'm taking him. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. I like him in that, uh, you know, a lot of tight ends where he goes are not like particularly special talents, uh, but among the ones that aren't particularly special talents, one of them plays with Joe Burrow and doesn't really have much competition. And then like some of them are, Jawan Johnson, who like, I honestly, you could convince me Jawan Johnson is more talented, like former receiver, productive early in his career. Like, I kind of like Jawan Johnson as a player, but as a guy who can like play a lot of snaps on an offense that I like, doesn't really qualify for either of those. Uh, We lose Tyquan Thornton for this potential Mac Jones stack. He goes here in the 16th round. Still other stacking partners for Mac Jones. And worst case scenario, we do have him with a Ramondre. Like if it's just the single stack situation, not the worst case. We can actually look at the quarterback spot again just to make sure there's nothing else that we like. Um, we see Howell. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a graveyard of quarterbacks here. I mean, when Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill are hitting the list of players you can see, it's not a good sight. Yeah, this is like, I don't say it's Mac Jones or Bust, but they're, oh, we got, okay, we get him. Uh, I don't know if I see a quarterback on the screen outside of Mac Jones who's starting all 17 games. Like, Jimmy probably is, mm-hmm. but we also just got told, hey, they could cut him with no penalty if they want. That yeah. doesn't sound, like, I don't, I think he'll probably be fine, because it's just, they could cut him based on injury for no penalty. They can't cut him based on performance just because they don't like him or whatever, and they wouldn't, but like, that's ominous, right? You don't go out there and say, yeah. hey, it wouldn't cost us anything to not employ this guy anymore if you haven't thought about the idea of not employing this guy anymore. <laughs> so, like, Mac Jones, like, I don't... We've already lost our Mac Jones bet anyways if Bailey Zappi's coming in. He would have to be downright dreadful. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, like, fine making that bet. Whereas, like, Howell, his backup is... His supposed backup was, like, good last year. He's not great, but he was good last year. Like, Desmond Ritter was terrible last year and he's drafted in the NFL draft as if he wasn't going to be that good anyway. So it confirms your prior there. Mac Jones was good two years ago. The offense was really good two years ago. It was like slow, yeah. but it was really efficient actually. Uh, when they had an actual guy who knows what offensive football is as the offensive coordinator. And then they had Patricia last year and lo and behold, things didn't go well. So like I can see a path where things work out for new England far better than they did last year. As someone that lives 40 minutes away from Foxborough Stadium, let's hope so, because that was atro- atrocious to watch last <laughs> year. I mean, 
fandom isn't really a thing for me anymore, but I would hope that this offense looks, I don't think it can be worse. No, it like might... cannot be worse. <laughs> it cannot be worse. So I do like Mac Jones in that spot to go to the Oakland. I mean, the, the Raiders thing. I was out on the Raiders before that report came in and I'm even more out on the Raiders now. I'm just not touching Jimmy Garoppolo with if I'm drafting on somebody else's team. It's just I have no desire to take most of these Raiders players. Love Devontae Adams. I think just the offense as a whole is going to be terrible. Garoppolo doesn't throw the ball downfield. Doesn't mean that Devontae Adams can't be a good pick still. But Josh Jacobs second round. I liked Jacobs last year. Can't get myself to take him in the second round this year. So Raiders as a whole is a team that I'm mostly just avoiding, to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, like Devontae doesn't even want to be there. Like he he literally right. said, he's like, yeah, me and the GM don't see eye to eye on stuff. Like who says that other than players who are like imminently about to be traded? So I, uh, yeah, this team is like just based purely on vibes. Also the fact that Derek Carr was really good under John Gruden and he was just generally good throughout his career and just got tanked by this offense like just did not look good at all like imagine what that's going to do to jimmy garoppolo who is probably worse than Derek carr mm -hmm. um richie james Josh downs uh i am once again ambivalent i'd be fine taking like leonard fournette as yucky as yucky as it is he's a riser like he's going to go up oh yeah as soon as, as soon as he signs with anyone he's going to be we'll, we'll grab fournette just because we need rbs here we're uh, kind of behind the eight ball at that position a little bit, not terribly, but a little bit. But yeah, if, I mean, Fournette could Fournette could be the guy. We were talking about the Chargers earlier. I wouldn't be shocked if they brought in a Fournette or a Kareem Hunt or something just to put behind Eckler to to limit that role. So Fournette put out a list of teams that he wants to sign with. I think it was like eighteen teams on that list, <laughs> but. But they are all hey, it's better than Zeke putting out the list that includes Philly. And then there's the immediate report like, nah, Eagles aren't interested. But thanks anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would they be The the Philly running back situation is going to be interesting this year because I, my hot take is that Rashad Penny doesn't make the day one roster. Ooh. Personally, that's my hot take. I think they signed Rashad Penny. And I know he's not the same player as DeAndre Swift, but I think that Swift became available after they signed Penny. They have outs to to just get rid of Penny outright without them costing. They're paying him custom. like nothing. He's like one yeah. point something million. And I think unless he absolutely flashes in camp to like what he used to be capable of doing, I think he's just going to be out because I don't think they're cutting. They're not cutting Gainwell. I don't think they're getting rid of Boston Scott. They're actually paying him some money. I think the odd man out might be Rashad Penny on that team. How many running backs did they keep on the roster last year? That's a good question. That I don't know. I'll find out real quick. Someone posted the 53 man. I do think they only keep three. Uh, you know, the roster is different. Miles, Gamewell, Boston, Scott. They did only keep three running backs on the roster to start the, at the final cuts in August last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just I'm not drafting Penny because of that. We are back on the clock. What do we got at receiver here? I don't. These running backs are not good. Um, I don't want to take Justin Ross. Oh, we can take Devontae Parker. I like Devontae Parker. Like he is okay. a perfectly fine football player. He's definitely doesn't uh, typify that. Like guys who could go super high or super low. Mm -hmm. He's going to play a lot of snaps. Uh, 
uh, he's going to, I cannot stress enough snaps. This guy is, he's going to be out there, which at this point, um, I don't know if Darius Slayton or Tank Dell, Miko Harmon is not going to be out there. That guy will not be out there. In fact, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if these guys are going to Josh Palmer, like the, the fourth receiver on this team. No, they're like, they're not playing him. Like Dante Parker is, like, what's stopping him from being this team's wide receiver one? Like, Tyquan Thornton, who doesn't play oh. snaps and was bad on a per-out basis last year? Like, I like Tyquan Thornton, but, like, he looks definitively like a gadget player. Mm. The Mikol Hardman point is funny because my thought process with him is, is there a guy that Aaron Rodgers is going to hate more? Then Miko Hartman. Not a mad. He's built in a lab. Scientists built Miko Hartman in a lab to get screamed at in training camp and not play a snap. Like it just—that's all I could picture. What Miko Hartman is like. This dude is going to get on the field, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have to go into a dark room for another four days just to, just because of Miko Hartman like not running the route properly or just doing some stupid shit on the football field because he, like you said, is a gadget player. I can't imagine drafting Miko Hardman this year for any. Ironically, reason. the Chiefs had two players who Aaron Rodgers would have fought in practice last year because Darius <laughs> Tony is also that guy. Like yes. when they came out, like I think the like specific quote from someone was like, "He's freelancing a lot of his routes when he came out of college." <laughs> I thought that was kind of a funny way to describe it. Like, oh, he's just doing what he wants on his routes. Rodgers, Rodgers kicks that guy off the team. Like Rodgers yeah. replaces that guy with Jake Kumaro in a heartbeat. Yep. that's why Randall Cobb's over there <laughs> because Randall Cobb is more valuable at 89 years old than Nicole Hardman is to him. God, what a bad landing spot for Hardman. <laughs> Just the worst. Yeah. Absolute worst. All right. We got two more picks. We're coming up on the clock here. We are looking at a probably bunch. split them between receiver and running back. Yeah, we definitely will probably want to go with one. We can more. just like keep scrolling on these. Oh, well, Dwayne McBride's still here. I just take that guy. Dwayne McBride's or Ty. You like McBride over Ty Chandler? Yeah, like I, Ty Chandler missed some time on IR last year, but like he didn't play an offensive snap until week 18, uh, mm -hmm. in which they Nick Mullins played in that game, not the whole game, but like they had chances to play him. Like Kenny Nwongwu, who was like legitimately only a kick returner, played mm -hmm. more snaps on offense than Ty Chandler. I didn't think Chandler was a good prospect coming out of college. Like he was like a fifth year committee back. Uh, so. Dwayne McBride looks like he was good. He was actually incredible in college. He was like, he played at UAB. So grains of salt, there are plenty. But like, yeah, he was so incredibly efficient, like the most efficient running back in college football for like two seasons as well. Uh, yeah, give, give me give me that guy. We'll grab McBride. Other guys that I look at when I'm scrolling down here usually is, I like Malik Davis a lot. I think he's going to be the number two running back in Dallas. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Uh, Bayern Eric Gray is really one. I like big that on one. Eric Gray. I take Eric Gray quite a bit. I'm not super big on Keontae Ingram, but I'll take him here and there. I mean, there's a, there's a few guys down there that I don't mind scrolling and taking just to get some depth. And I think the market is going to – I think the Dallas situation is going to shake out, and I think you're going to start seeing Malik Davis drafted more and more throughout once the actual preseason games start. So I've just been grabbing my shares now here and there. Not crazy. Yeah, I like that. Like, I love another. I love Deuce Vaughn. It is a very cool story that a man of my size can get 350 <laughs> carries in college. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he'll be an all-time historical outlier if he gets 100 carries in the season. Like, like frankly, he's like an all-time historical outlier to have been drafted already. So, mm -hmm. as much as like I like him, 
like I'm I also agree that like I'd take my bet on Malik Davis uh being like a guy who gets 15 touches in a game should something happen to Pollard as opposed to Deuce Vaughn where like I get he did it in college it is difficult to square the math but I'm going to generally side with a player like him has never existed before I'm not gonna bet on them right yeah yeah I mean I, I would love for Deuce Vaughn to succeed just when you look at what the Cowboys have done historically. You look at Malik Davis from last year, looked actually pretty good on the field. It looked like he actually can play football in the NFL. Zeke's probably gone. God, please don't bring him back. <laughs> I I think maybe this is famous last words. They bring him back. Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard's ADP plummets. And we're like, Oh, the most efficient running back last year. And the only thing standing in his way is the least efficient running back last year. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's ride. We get we take our discount where we can get them. Now, does then Zeke go out once I've committed to this bit? Does Zeke go out and <laughs> score 14 touchdowns? Of course he does. Yeah. One last receiver, I think. Yes, definitely. All right. Um, oh boy. Wish there were better receivers here. i Charles Rambo, that guy definitely played in the XFL. Uh <laughs> Anyone standing out? Cedric Tillman. Not a single one of these guys. People like Puka Nakua. Is he still here? I oh, God. I don't know how to spell that. I take Marvin Jones before we get autoed. <laughs> We're not going to go. Oh, he wasn't there. He wasn't there anyway. Oh, you weren't spelling it. It's like P-U-K-A. I don't really like Puka Nakua, but like, I also think the fact that his competition is like Ben Scourneck, who like, they played him at fullback last year. I get that it's like creative offense or whatever. Like, nah, screw mm -hmm. that. If you're playing a receiver at fullback, he's not good. Uh, Tutu Atwell, talk about players who are my size. I think I'm like heavier than Tutu Atwell. Um, and Van Jefferson is like very much just a guy. He'll pl probably play a lot of snaps, but that leaves a third receiver open, a third receiver spot open for a team that runs three wide more than most teams. So I, like, I didn't like Pukenku as a prospect, but the landing spot, I admit, is about as good as it could get. Yeah, I mean, I, I my friend John Daigle is very big on on Puka over there in L.A. So he's a guy I'm going to sprinkle in here and there. Sounds like he could be a guy that if he does anything during training camp rises, like we were talking about with like Malik Davis or something. Yeah. So sprinkling them in, yes. Am I going to go overboard? Probably not. And I have some very important news for you, Kyle. That accidental auto draft of Cole Komet was huge for us because as you can see on these tools that we have, we can see our playoff matchups. We have this big Cincinnati, Kansas city stack. Dwayne McBride gave us a week 17 stack with Christian Watson. And most importantly, our Kyle Pitts exposure. We now have a week 17 running back with another tight end with Cole Komet. So there we go. Oh my, I was hoping you were going to tell me Kyle Pitts and Travis Kelsey had the same buy. And then I was like, oh, that's awesome that we stumbled into that. This was <laughs> less fun. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to ruin your day. Let's run through our team and then get some closing thoughts on it. So we have Mahomes, Ramondre, Antonio Gibson, Christian Watson, Hollywood Brown, Kadarius, Tony, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, Rasheed Rice, Kendra Miller, Cole Komet, auto-drafted. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Chase Brown, Mac Jones, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Parker, Dwayne McBride, Marvin Jones Jr. What do you think, Kyle? I like this team. I think this team could win it all. Uh, 
And honestly, look, I Nicole Komet pick makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> but what was it like? What was it like a 14th round pick? Like, yeah. if if we draft a team and our 14th round pick tears his ACL 30 seconds after the draft, we go like, oh, he was a 14th round pick, whatever. So yeah. this is marginally better than that. Which is to say, like, that. it's not good. But we didn't auto our first round pick and get Mac Jones. Like we threw away, we talked about, oh, the difference between a 110 pick and 135 pick. Like these picks just aren't valuable is kind of the point that I, I was making. Are they more valuable than we optimized for with that Cole Komet pick? They generally are. Yeah, It's fine though. There are a lot worse things we could have done. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, this was fun. This draft, was your, fun. draft your basketball teams. Use tools at Spike Week. Follow me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Where else can we catch you? Uh, the Roto World Football Show. We are recording tomorrow. I have no clue what we're doing for the show, but <laughs> I'm sure it'll be entertaining. I'm sure it will be. My closing thought is Alexander Madison. I've seen a few drafts. People are drafting him in the first round now. People are drafting him in the third round now. Um, I won't be doing that. I'll ride him up the ADP board a little bit, but there's going to be a cutoff point for me. And I had quite a bit of Madison to start the year. So we'll see my exposure kind of flatten out on him. Other than that, make sure you're following Kyle over at Kyle Tweets here on Twitter. We will catch you next time. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on. We draft a team. Boom. You know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom. You know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right. We'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.